Welcome to the Battle Buddy Podcast with Keith McKeever. Welcome back, Battle Buddies. I have another guest with me today, and we're going to talk about a little bit about transition, a little bit about some small business, and marketing kind of in that digital space. So uh, without further ado, I got uh, Paul Takazulu. Hopefully I, I pronounced that right this time. Uh, welcome to the show, Paul. Thank you, Keith. Thanks for having me, man. So, Paul, what's uh, t- tell us a little bit about your story. You know, what uh, what got young Paul to join the military? What'd you do? Why'd you do it? Uh, what was your what was your journey there? Man, well, thanks for thanks for having me on the show again. And uh, so, when I uh, was about nineteen years old, I had just graduated from high school. I went into community college for two years to kind of get some of my education and started that way for for a cheaper cost. And um, I didn't really know what to do. I had no clue about what I wanted to do with my life. And it was feeling like it was about that time to make that decision about like, what is it that I'm actually gonna, you know, do here? And I didn't really have any real passions in school. Like there wasn't any particular subject that called to me like, oh, I wanna be a biologist or, hey, you know, I love history. Like I love, love history. I kind of am interested in everything, honestly. So. I didn't have any particular calling there. And uh, I went on a a study abroad trip to Scotland. And while we were there, we visited the Scottish uh, War Memorial at Edinburgh. And it just really called to me. And I realized I was like, oh, man, this is something that is greater than me. Like I'm looking for this greater purpose or greater mission to be of service to the world and kind of find my calling. And it kind of clicked for me as I was walking around this beautiful memorial in Edinburgh. Um, if you ever get a chance to go to Edinburgh, it's absolutely amazing. It's inside oh, of the castle on the top amazing. of the mountain. It's That's incredible. Like a and, um, for probably half, half the people in the world. <laughs> that sounds like an amazing trip. It was fantastic. Um, so a uh, really beautiful memorial. And it kind of like clicked for me on that moment. I was like, aha, this could be it. You know, like this this is that purpose, like what a great tradition. And, you know, military is wonderful and great way to serve and this, that, the other thing. So I got, I got it in my head, like, oh man, this is it. You know, this is the thing that I'm going to go out there and do. And, and, uh, it just, for some reason just called to me, you know, like this is, this is what you got to do. And, um, so I did ROTC. I went to, uh, went to a college and did ROTC for three years. And then I commissioned as an officer in the military police corps on active duty. And um, I went to training and then I got stationed in Bola, in, uh, in Germany, excuse me, overseas. And uh, and pretty much right away, I realized like, ah, oh, man, I don't think this is actually it. Like, I don't know if this is actually what I'm supposed to be doing. And um, I was really grateful for the experience. Like I learned so much, especially about leadership and about myself and about mental toughness and you know, all, all the great stuff that you get from being in the military. But it was pretty clear to me once I got on active duty, like, ah, oh, man, I don't know if this is my what I'm supposed to do forever, you know, and it kind of it, just because I, you know, just didn't seem like my lifestyle uh, just wasn't wasn't as into it as everyone else, I guess you could say, like once I actually got into the into the grind, so to speak. And um, pretty soon, like after as the months rolled by, I started to have a lot of issues. I started to have a lot of kind of mental health problems that a lot of my peers weren't having. And for some reason, it just um, 
I just couldn't really be in the environments that pe that we were working in. Like it was always so loud for me or it just seemed really overwhelming. And I started to have panic attacks almost every single day before I would go to work. Um, and it we weren't doing anything particularly stressful. Like anyone who's worked at an S3 shop will tell you it's not the most stressful uh not the most stressful stuff you could do in the military by any stretch of the imagination, Definitely especially not. not when, you know, when you're not, you know, especially when you're not deployed and you're in garrison, like we worked long hours and there was definitely, you know, a lot to do, but it wasn't like traumatic or stressful, you know? And, um, so I was like, man, why am I having all these issues? Why is it so hard for me to just go to work and function like everyone else? So I got some help and I went and, uh, got into therapy and I uh, worked with someone who specializes in helping adults kind of figure out what it is that, you know, they're working, what, what it is they're working through. And she helped me realize that uh, I'm, on, I've, I'm on the autism spectrum. And um, I have very sensitive to like my environment, very sensitive to the world around me. And um, this person was a civilian therapist. So it wasn't through the military that I got this diagnosis. It was on the civilian side. And um and uh, yeah, got she diagnosed me as on the autism spectrum. And uh, really, I worked with her for a couple of years and kind of learned some coping mechanisms and kind of figured out that, um, you know, maybe this just isn't the right career path for me because I'm obviously a bit higher functioning. But um, yeah, when you're having panic attacks every day, though, you definitely don't feel so high functioning. So she kind of helped me to uh, to learn some coping mechanisms. And I really kind of doubled down on self-care and taking good care of myself and the panic attack stopped. But I, uh, I realized like, you know, this probably isn't the career for me. Uh, if loud noises cause me to go into a shutdown state, then working around guns all the time might not be the best uh, career path, you know? And, uh, and honestly, just point. working in a work in a, in an office, I found like, um, like, for example, if other people are talking near me, like, like right now I'm in this room alone, but if someone were like over there talking or on the computer, I wouldn't be able to have this conversation. It's like, it's so loud. Like I, I would have to ask them to, to stop, <laughs> you know, like if someone else is working in the same room as me and they're, they're typing or they're talking on the phone, like I just can't, can't function. I can't, um, it's really tough. So, so I basically kind of had this epiphany, like, oh man, I gotta, gotta do something else with my life where it's kind of a better suit, a better fit for me, a better fit for my mental health. And um, so I eventually got out of the army. Again, I did, uh, I did kind of learn some coping mechanisms that I was able to, to last another few years, but I transitioned out because I realized like I need something that's better for my mental health, for kind of who I am and what I'm supposed to be doing. So I found out about online entrepreneurship and digital marketing and podcasting. And uh, I was really into Tim Ferriss and Joe Rogan's podcast. I, st I still love those guys. And, uh, you know, it really inspired me with podcasting. And um, I was just always listening to podcasts. I was just constantly binging them, trying to gain all this information that I could to help me figure out, like, what is it that I'm supposed to actually be doing in the world? And how can I do that? And how can I create a better life? And, uh, yeah, it led me towards starting my own podcast and uh, going off from there. So I got out of the Army back in 2020. And ever since then, I've been working and helping people launch podcasts, produce them, grow them through advertising and grow their business around them. And uh, for the most part, other than whenever we meet up and maybe do like a, a live mastermind or something, 
it's been a hundred percent online and uh, it's just been way better fit for my mental health and my family and uh yeah everything's gotten better you know i moved out to the middle of nowhere here in missouri and uh pretty much live off grid these days and uh that's a lot better for my mental health is what i found is living in the forest kind of surrounded by nature <sighs> been a lot a lot a happier since so military yeah oh yeah military was great and i'm super grateful for the experience like i learned so much but uh, ultimately, you know, not for me. But what I learned is that pretty much any office job, probably not for for someone like me. So, um, yeah, really passionate about, you know, digital marketing and entrepreneurship. And uh, yeah, so that was a little long winded, but I hope that kind of gives a background into me and what I've been up to and how I've been trying to help people the last couple of years. Actually, there's, a, there's actually a few similarities in her story because I was I started my podcast after being somebody who would listen to him all the time. As, as a realtor, I'd be on the road for 20 minutes here, 40 minutes there. And I mean, I've always liked music, but at some point in time, it just kind of switched with me. And I was like, oh, I'm going to start listening to podcasts, right? Right about the time that I started uh, getting the unlimited streaming through my phone. It wasn't going to cost an arm and a leg for all those extra all that extra data. But so I started listening to them and listening to all kinds of different podcasts. And then when kind of the pandemic hit, it was like, I had this idea, the seed in the back of my mind, and I'm, and I was like, you know what? I, I'm just gonna start one. I'm gonna go buy a microphone and a webcam, and I want to figure this out some way, shape, or form. And here we are, you know, two years later. But uh, you know, so so I'm kind of curious on the on the career choice because I don't know how that goes for officers. Did you get a much or any choice in what career you ended up in, or was that just luck? Because I could see that you could have ended up in the army potentially doing something else with tanks, artillery, something like that. That could, that could have been a wildly different experience for you. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no, I picked it. I actually signed on for a little longer on my contract so I could be a military police officer. Um, it was getting into the weeds a little bit, but back then I had it in my, my head that like maybe a great career choice for me after the military would be like um, the FBI or some sort of federal law enforcement. Um, and uh, just because that's what my dad did. My dad's worked for the Department of Defense my whole life. So I was like, ah, you know, I want to kind of continue that tradition or continue that legacy. Yeah, why not work for and the And then again, I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, it seemed like a good, safe career sort of thing. And, uh, but again, uh, you know, once I got into it and once I started working in that office environment, you know, it's pretty clear to me, like, ah, no, I'm meant to do something completely different, meant to do something more entrepreneurial. And again, you know, online, the, the, kind of live in the living wherever I want, work in my own hours. And uh, so I abandoned that pretty quick. But that's why I chose military police was because I was thinking FBI or, you know, something like that. So I wanted something that would give me some sort of law enforcement experience. And, uh, you know, I thought that would carry over well into kind of whatever I did next. But uh, I ended up doing something else. <laughs> uh, but well, the leadership experience do. was great. Oh, yeah. So I learned a lot about leadership, though. I mean, as an officer, uh, especially when I was a platoon leader, learned a lot about leadership, uh, made a shit ton of mistakes for sure. You know, definitely had some great talks with the commander or, you know, the higher ups about ways to improve myself. <laughs> great. <laughs> and, uh, it was a. Oh, yeah. But uh, but it was they were like in the moment, obviously, if the commander calls you into your office, you're 
your your uh, your fear in the worst, and sometimes you do yeah. get uh, whooped upside the head. But at the end of the day, all of those chats or all of those things that happened to me, um, you know, they're great in hindsight. Like they're all really good learning experiences. Um, but again, the big learning experience for me overall was that, hey, the military is probably not the best career for me. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm probably better suited for something else. But, uh, but I really did learn a lot about leadership and uh, definitely learned a lot about what not to do in leadership, I would say. And uh, both from my own actions that. and also, yep, yep, definitely from my own actions, but also having people above me that may not have had my best interests at heart. So I learned a lot about what not to do, and um, and I uh, I uh, you know I've applied that now to when we're running companies or helping people build teams, and uh, you know it's it's invaluable experience. So at the end of the day, I'm super grateful for it, and uh, you know here I am today doing something yeah. else. Well, I also provided a lot of I'm sure a lot of reflection and perspective in your life, especially with the diagnosis of being on the autism spectrum and entrepreneurship was would seem like it'd be a great fit for that because you can kind of have a little bit of control in your environment and what you do. Uh, Cause I mean, there's just so many infinite ways, different things you can do in the entrepreneurship world. But what was that, what was that transition process like? Because that had to be different for you. We're trying to figure out like what's next and what can fit with my diagnosis and what's not going to give me problems and stuff like that additional things on top of what maybe other people have for transition. So uh, I started it years before I ever actually left the military. So I started my first podcast in uh, 2016 when I was in Poland working at, uh, at NATO and uh, which was a fun experience, but I had a lot of free time working at NATO. And uh, so I, I started a podcast during that period. And um, it was the first show that I did was about Brazilian jiu-jitsu because I've been involved in the martial arts since I was a kid, really passionate about it. So I was like, ah, you know, don't know what to talk about. Might as well talk about martial arts and jiu-jitsu. So that was the first podcast. It certainly helps if it's and something I you know about. Oh, yeah. And um, I interviewed a lot of people in the jiu-jitsu world. It was really fun. Like Dean Lister was probably the most notable person I had on the show and uh, got to meet a lot of my jujitsu heroes and stuff like that and talk to them on the podcast. And uh, I did that for about a year, a year and a half. And during that time, I was using social media marketing to grow the podcast. And again, I was still in the military at the time. I was still, I was just uh, uh, starting my platoon leader time at this, at this moment. So I was real busy and uh, had a lot going on, but I learned the basics of social media marketing to help me promote the show and helped me to grow what I was doing with the podcast. And then uh, one of my friends who I had interviewed on the podcast before, um, he asked me if I wanted to do that for his brand. And uh, he had a yoga company, Yoga for BJJ, that does uh, online yoga videos for jujitsu people. And um, still there, yogaforbjj.net. You can check it out. And uh, shout out to my, my friend, Sebastian. And uh, he was my first client you know, to hire me for social media marketing. And he basically said, he was like, hey, man, I've been watching what you do on social media, really like it. Why don't you come do that for me and just post for our our brand, you know, once a day on Facebook and Instagram. So it was really simple. And I uh, got paid 
uh, like 350 a month. Like, so it wasn't, wasn't much at all, but, uh, but it was the, the start. It was my first real gig and it was really fun. And I learned a, a lot. So I worked with him for a little over a year, just running their social media pages and kind of learning the basics of that and, uh, really learned a lot through that. And then I got from there, I got into running kind of bigger, uh, social media platforms where I was posting maybe, you know, three or four times a day on multiple different platforms stuff like that for other companies, obviously getting paid more for that. Um, and I also got into advertising and I learned all about Facebook, uh, Facebook ads and Instagram ads and Reddit ads and all these different ways to run advertising. And I started also offering that to people and all the people that I met through, uh, you know, all the people who were, were hiring for the, for, excuse me, hiring me for these things. I met them all through the podcast is what I was trying to say. So these were all people that I interviewed on the podcast. They seen what I did on social media to promote my own stuff. And, uh, you know, I just maybe was playing around with Facebook ads for myself and I was publishing some of the results that I was getting. And then people would just reach out and say, Hey, can you help me out with that? You know, like, like what you're doing for yourself. And, uh, that's how I got my first kind of handful of clients. And again, I was still a platoon leader at this time. I was still working full time in the military and I was doing this a few hours, like nights and weekends. So it was definitely a bit of a grind and definitely a very, very steep learning curve. But, uh, I also kind of volunteered at one of at the, the jujitsu school where I was practicing and I helped them build their website. I helped them do some basic advertising and uh you know kind of help them as well so i was doing a lot of free work to build a portfolio and just to get experience like if you've read the book rich dad poor dad he talks about how entrepreneurs work for free especially when they're getting started and that is 100 percent true so in the beginning you got to just work for free basically like an intern or work for you know a lower amount of money because you just need some experience so it's really just like whatever you can get to help you build a portfolio and kind of get those first couple clients under your belt like you know do do basically whatever it takes obviously you know within integrity <laughs> you don't want to do anything do whatever it takes to get those first few clients that sounds a little sketchy but uh <laughs> you know do do whatever you need to do <laughs> do whatever you need to do to kind of get those first like three to five clients and uh from there once you kind of have that experience and you have a portfolio then it's going to be a lot easier for you to quit your job and go out and do bigger and better things and get paid uh you know the market price so to speak and uh you know, for these services like social media marketing or advertising, you can charge a thousand to two thousand a month for just doing the service. Uh, obviously, it depends depends a lot though on how good you are and what sorts of results you've gotten in the past. Because if you suck, no one's going to pay you that. But if you're good at what you do and you can actually get results, you know, you might only need three or four clients to replace your active duty incomes. That was my case. I didn't need too many clients. I only needed you know, four people paying me that amount of money to, to, uh, transition out of the military. Um, but I guess what I'm trying to say is you have, I had to put in a lot of work and a lot of hours, nights and weekends while I was still working full time to get that experience and also to, to go through that learning curve, because there's a huge learning curve when it comes to social media or building funnels or podcasting or just anything related to entrepreneurship. Honestly, like there's, going to be a learning curve if you're doing it yourself. I mean, if you have the money to invest in yourself, then you can hire a coach or you can hire someone to do it for you. But when you're just getting started, probably not going to have an extra, you know, 2000 a month to throw at uh, 
a coach or a, a service provider because you're probably going to need that money to pay your bills and, you know, get yourself, get your own business kind of off the ground. So, absolutely. Um, so I guess I wanted to kind of take you, I wanted to take you on that journey just to show that like, it's not an overnight thing. It's not like I decided, oh, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. And then next week I got out of the military. It was like years before I got out of the army, I had made the decision that this is what I wanted to do. And then it took years to build up the experience and the, I guess, the the clout that I needed to kind of get out and do something else. And uh, but really, it's the skill set. You know, I had to develop the skill set that I needed to make me valuable enough that I could go out there and charge a real uh, price for my services. So uh, basically, just kind of waited until I got to that point where I could actually do that. And then I got out and you know, waited, didn't, didn't, uh, didn't sign back up basically. And then I got out and then, uh, here I am, you know, doing that. And it was definitely, uh, especially cause I got out right before the pandemic, uh, and everyone was a little short on cash. Like it was definitely an uphill battle, but, uh, yeah, you know, with, as they say, uh, with hard work and willpower, like you can do whatever. So you just got to work Absolutely. for it and put in the hours and fucking not give up just like anything else. Yeah. And, you know, you had told me that before that you got out right before the pandemic. And that was a, a question I was going to ask is what kind of unique challenges do you think that presented to you in that or somebody who's been, you know, got out in these last couple of years? It's got to be a wildly different experience. Yep. So it was really just that, again, like I had the clout, I had the experience, you know, I had had clients pay me maybe 2,500 a month to be managing their accounts like beforehand or something like that. So again, like if, you know, in, inside of the military, I was making like, I don't know, like 5,500 a month or 6,000 a month. I don't actually, I don't have a, it, it would vary depending on where you live. Cause in Germany you get more. Oh yeah. Like all that. But anyway, Constantly around like, yeah, around 5500 a month, something like that. So I really only, you know, going off of like the market value, if I'm getting paid 2500 a month, I only need like, you know, two people to to replace that income, right? Um, well, after the pandemic, everyone was short on cash. Everyone was saving away for the apocalypse. Everyone was trying to be, be stingy and kind of hold on to everything because no one knew what was going to happen, right? And uh yeah, everyone's hoarding toilet paper. And uh, basically, every non-essential service was suffering. So one of my mentors, Alex Sharfin, he put it so well during the, the pandemic. He was saying, like, if you're not an essential business, you're going to suffer. That's, you know, the, the long and short of it, because people can't afford anything except what's essential right now. So in other words, if you're in the insurance business, that's an essential thing. You're probably not going to be hurting. But if you're a digital marketer, a social media marketer, like, that's not exactly an essential service that people like are required to have, you know? So the, what it worked out to was, uh, I just wasn't able to charge enough for my services. Like everyone that I, I talked to was strapped for cash and it might've just been me. Like maybe I wasn't networking in the right circles or maybe I wasn't, I don't know, but whatever was happening was I wasn't able to connect with the right people that had, uh, the money like I was used to, you know? So I was well, charging I a fraction of what I, normally would charge you know so whereas normally i would charge maybe a thousand bucks for something now i could only charge 500 because that's literally all they had uh, budgeted for this you know so it was uh i was still able to make a living i was still able to pay the bills thankfully thanks to 
lot of goodwill and a lot of wonderful people that helped me out and, you know, hired me for some work and, and, uh, included me in their budget, I guess you could, is the, the way to think about it. Um, and, uh, but I had to take on, you know, three or four times as much work as, as I might've had to, you know, as otherwise. So it's just a lot of hours, you know, again, like when, right after the pandemic, like I get done with work every day at like seven or 8 PM, you know, uh, working on my computer because I just had a lot of clients, you know, I was managing like five or six different accounts and trying to do stuff for a bunch of different people. So, uh, it just wasn't sustainable, you know? So I ended up linking up with Zach Babcock, who's uh, my business partner now. And, uh, we, uh, I started out helping him with his business and, uh, that basically developed into a full-time gig where now we work together. We run the business together. And uh, we've also got another uh, business partner in the mix now, Tim Holloway. And we've grown Podcast Powertrain over the last two years. And uh, yeah, we've helped about over 300 people with launching podcasts. And uh, that's kind of where I've, I've dove in the last couple of years is just kind of all into the podcasting space. And uh, it's a lot better because then I only have, you know, one thing to focus on rather than five or six. So I was able yeah. to find that one relationship that made a big difference, which was the relationship with Zach. And, uh, you know, ever since then I've been, been squared away. Yeah. There's something you kind of said back there, uh, you know, around the business and, and kind of people affording different things. I think for a lot of people it was you, they got to put their money into those necessities. Right. And toilet paper was a necessity when there was like hardly any on the shelf. And paying your light bill, your water bill, like those are necessities. And I think a lot of small businesses, even big businesses, got caught in a position where they were not prepared for a pandemic. Of course, nobody was prepared for it, but had no systems in place to really deal with this. It has turned everything upside down. And I certainly hope that a lot of entrepreneurs or even the big businesses learn from these last couple of years and say, all right, uh, if it's happened now, it could happen again. We better plan for this accordingly, both policy and procedures for things, but financially. We need to be able to position ourselves strategically to, to be able to handle it better. You know, because I, I don't know about you, but where I'm from, I've seen a lot of restaurants, a lot of small mom and pop shops. They've closed up doors in the last couple of years. They just could not hang on. Some of these were businesses that have been around for 50, 60 years. And that's it you know, they built quite a reputation, quite a brand, and they just could not sustain it, especially during the height of the pandemic when nobody was, you know, allowed to go sit down and eat in a restaurant. Some of these places didn't have the facilities to to do carry out as effectively as others and <clears throat> caused a lot of problems. You know, that's just one one business type example. But the uh um I'm sure there's some opportunities in there. Have you seen anything over these last couple of years as you kind of navigated this transition process and all the podcasting stuff that you think is an opportunity for people? Yeah, I mean, I'd say definitely podcasting, honestly, and starting your own platform. Like that's where everything is moving is all of us are a media company. So this podcast that I'm, you know, guesting on right now, this is your media channel in the same way that CNN is the government's media channel to spew out all their baloney. And uh, but you get to have your own platform here inside of the digital space where you can say whatever you want. You know, your freedom of speech is it can be exercised here. And um, that's something I'm super passionate about, especially right now, 
is uh, enabling people to express themselves, enabling people to exercise their freedom of speech, because I think that that is something that is under attack right now. And um, a lot of people getting triggered by the truth that's getting dropped everywhere. And uh, people are trying to censor these opinions and uh, having a podcast or having a blog or having a YouTube channel or having something that's your own platform, like it bulletproofs you against where everything is, where uh, the future is headed. And it helps you to have your own platform where you can network, you can create things, and you can ultimately start your own business and build a dominant brand around this platform that you're creating, around this media channel that you've created here in the same way that Netflix is a media platform. So you got to kind of switch into that mindset of saying like, hey, I'm going to have an online platform that people can listen to anywhere in the world that's going to empower them it's going to build a community it's going to create a network and build a build a tribe really build some sort of online community where people can have their they can meet up with other people like them they can coordinate and communicate with each other um, that's a big reason why we launched Alpha Podcasters, which is the link that's scrolling right now at alphapodcasters.com. It's a mighty network that's not hosted on, on Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn because those platforms, their, their algorithm inherently censors a lot of this information. And um, that's why we switched over to Mighty Networks because they don't have an algorithm. So it's kind of a, a censorship-free platform where people can converse, they can talk about whatever they want. They can hang out and they don't have to worry about some social media algorithm hiding posts from them because it might be controversial or it might have some word that triggers the the secret robot to come in and you know delete that post or hide it from the masses or some some craziness. So that's you something we're super passionate about. And I yeah, exactly. It's, it's stupid. So uh, we're real passionate about Mighty Networks and, and getting people off of social media, getting them to listen to podcasts or, you know, something like that, because I think that is the big opportunity right now is starting your own platform, um, you know, in the online world, because, well, for one, you can you can then uh, create that in the physical world. So if you have a giant audience like like what we're doing, we're going to be having a live event here in April. We're going to be doing probably another one over the summer. And, uh, you know, to, to meet up with our community in person. Um, that's something we did last year, too, is we had some masterminds where we met up with with uh, elite podcasters in different places like Florida or Arizona or Austin, Texas. And it was, it was a lot of fun. It was really rewarding to meet up in person and kind of build that community and build that that tribe, because that's that's what society needs right now is we need community. We need to get back to meeting up in person and having live events. And we need to get over everything that's been happening in the last couple of years and kind of move on and, you know, progress as a species really. And, uh, I think we all like to move level. on past all this for sure. <laughs> oh yeah, man. Yeah, man. So, uh, I, uh, you know, I'm super passionate about that. I think that that's really the big opportunity for people is, again, like use the Internet, use this new kind of movement into the digital space to build your platform, to get your voice out there through a podcast and then um, use that podcast to then build community and gather those people somewhere like Mighty Networks where you can you know, host your own community and then start to meet up in person, start to facilitate live events or put together a mastermind or maybe a workshop or something, just anything where you're meeting up with people maybe in your city or in your region or something like that. You know, like that's where 
people need to be moving right now. It's a great place to position yourself for business too, because everybody should pretty much be aware that audio and video is ruling the the direction everything's going. It's not just me saying it. Gary Vaynerchuk and and many other people are out there been screaming from the mountaintops for years that you need to be doing one or both. Like, and that's how you build your brand is by letting people know who you are, you know, and you can do that through podcasting. You could do it through a vlog. You could do it through just doing Facebook lives. Like there's so many different ways you can do it, but you just gotta, you gotta do that because you gotta be where people's attention is. And, um, that kind of leads to the next question because you've been in the business development and social media. And so marketing, branding, advertisements, they're all different, but they're all intermingled, right? They're in the same, same web of sorts. So what kind of advice did you have on those people who do have a small business or, you know, budding entrepreneurs for keeping their, their message consistent across those? I think you got to be real clear on who you're talking to. So it's all about knowing everything there is to know about your ideal avatar, as we say. So, um, for example, this podcast here, you're speaking to a very specific kind of person. I mean, even just with the name, the Battle Buddy Podcast, like it's pretty clear to anyone in the military. This show is probably for military members or veterans because Battle Buddy is in our vernacular, right? Like someone who's never been in the military they are not going to resonate with that phrase. They might not even have ever heard it before. So someone who's in the military, they're like, oh, the Battle Buddy podcast. Got it. Like I was for military people, you know, you got the flag, you got everything behind you. You got all your, the, um, uh, you know, what's it called? The certificates, um, everything that I'm looking at yeah. behind you in the video. Like, you know, it's very clear to anyone who's watching or listening. They're like, oh, this is a podcast for military members, for veterans. Like you're super clear on who you're speaking to. You know, there's a lot of podcasts where they're not very clear they're not very um they're not very focused on who they're talking to or there's a lot of small businesses out there that are serving everyone like they're trying to to please everyone they're trying to market to every single person and that's just not going to work you got to be super clear on who this is for who you're trying to reach and um because then when you get into that you can start to adjust your marketing message for those people's psychology specifically so one of the big things that you want to identify is where are they at emotionally when they encounter your information and where are you going to take them? So Ruffle, uh, Ruffle, Russell Brunson calls this the epiphany bridge. Uh, you got to build an epiphany bridge for your audience where you're going to help them have an epiphany through your marketing message that's going to illuminate for them that they need to listen to you, that you've got the answers, that you understand them, and you just help them have this big epiphany for their situation. So, for example, for me, uh, you know, on our podcast that we do, Podcast Powertrain, um, we got a podcast about podcasting. We call it the most meta podcast in the world. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's all about how to build a dominant brand with a podcast. So, um, on the Podcast Powertrain podcast, we were talking about. Um, you know how the podcast, building that and creating that, that's the epiphany that we want people to have. It's like, oh, I tr I'm trying to start a business. I'm trying to grow the business, trying to grow my network, trying to make more money. I'm trying to build influence. Like, what's the thing I'm supposed to do? We come in and we say, oh, it's starting a podcast. That's what you need to do. That's the epiphany that we're trying to help people have. So then they have that epiphany through storytelling, through listening to us, through us communicating our story and our message because 
that's what happened to me. That was the missing link for me is I needed to start a podcast. So um, if we can get people to realize and believe that one thing that they need to start a podcast in order to build a dominant brand, then we can then take them with us on the journey. Then we can start to say, okay, here's how you set it up. Here's how you record your first episode. Here's how you make a lead magnet. Here's how you set up your interview uh, stuff. Here's how you get guests booked on your podcast. Like we can't get into any of that stuff though. If we haven't first convinced you that you need to start a podcast, um, you know, it'd be the same thing if we were uh, trying to do this. Maybe if, if uh, I'd started a YouTube channel and I was passionate about YouTube channels, then, you know, it might be a similar sort of thing, but that's the, a pivot, that's what every business needs to be creating. So, um, going back to like a mom and pop business real quick like let's say that you're a you're a mom and pop restaurant in a small city and you're trying to differentiate people uh you're trying to differentiate yourself in your local community you need to have something about you that is unique and different and appeals to a certain segment of the people in your community and you need to help them have this epiphany of how coming to your restaurant and eating where you are and having that experience like maybe you have live music or something like that you know, why are people going out to eat? They're trying to have a good time. They're trying to connect with people. They're probably going to bring some friends or family with them. They're, pro they're trying to have a good time. So you need to help them see why should they come to you? Why should they come to your restaurant and spend their time there? Maybe you have live music. Maybe you have some special thing that you do at the restaurant. Maybe, I don't know, maybe a certain kind of people hang out at your restaurant. Maybe there's a cover fee to get in. And it's an exclusive sort of thing. Like, there could We're be a number of ways to do this, product. but you need to, you know, like yeah, some, exactly. some businesses have to really to differentiate something. like pizza joints. Like my town's probably got seven pizza joints in it. You know, we want pizza. It's like, okay, where do we order from? Well, it's usually what are the other items that you get with it? That'll determine which direction we go, you know, because most of them are carried out. They don't have dining in. There's no live music. Like, you know, to your point, like, they have to differentiate themselves in one way, shape, or form and appeal to that to the consumer. To paint yes, that picture sir. differently. <laughs> that's it, man. No, that's it, man. And uh, it's all about, you know, how do you separate yourself in the marketplace? What epiphany are you trying to help people have? And who is your ideal customer or client or listener? Absolutely. That's some good advice there. Um, where do you think, you know, in 2022 that these small businesses, um, you know, all these veteran entrepreneurs out there, these small businesses, where do you think they can make their biggest impact in the digital marketing space? I don't want to sound like a broken record, but really it's all about, again, starting a platform, getting your message out there, because here's the thing you could throw money at advertising all day. But if you don't have a good brand message and you don't have an actual platform that you're driving people to, you're going to waste that money. I mean, <laughs> you can do. Yeah, exactly. If you don't have a basics of, you know, storytelling and, uh, you know, you don't have the basics of just kind of getting your brand message out there, um, you know, you're you're not going to actually build a community. You're not going to actually get people interested in, in you and what you're doing. So any business out there can listen, can start a podcast can start a YouTube channel. Um, if you're listening to this and the idea of, 
of speaking to people or start being on camera or being on audio, if that terrifies you and you're just super uncomfortable, great. Start a blog, start a local blog, do writing, you know, learn keyword research, learn how to get your, your blog ranked on, on Google. And, uh, you know, blogging is an introvert's best friend. So learn, you know, start a blog, whatever it is, start a platform, uh, publish content regularly, make it really good content, like put your heart and soul into this content, make it really freaking good because you got to obviously separate it from the marketplace because there, there's so many people out there who are doing this. Um, and then if you're going to run advertising, you can run advertising direct to that to that resource. So if you make a podcast to help advertise your small business, you can then run advertising to that podcast. You can have a call to action on that podcast episode that then drives people to your business, you know, but at the end of the day, having a platform, it's going to allow you to network like crazy. It's going to help you get your message out there and it's going to help you market and grow the business in the online space. Um, and there's definitely a place for, uh, for advertising as well, especially if you're, you know, a gym or if you're, uh, uh, again, like a restaurant or something that's really kind of like, Hey, you want to work out? Here's where you work out. You want to eat? Here's a place to eat. Like, so that's a place where, you know, some Google pay-per-click advertising that might be super beneficial for you in your local area. So let's say that you're in St. Louis and you've got a martial arts school might be really beneficial to invest, you know, a couple hundred bucks a month in, in advertising on Google. So that way, whenever someone searches St. Louis martial arts school, you show up right at the top, like stuff like that is kind of super simple. Just kind of the basics of pay-per-click advertising. Um, so, you know, that's a little bit more direct than, than having a podcast and sending people there. So you can do both of those, but if we're talking about like, how are you going to impact the world? Like, how are you going to get outside of your local area and actually grow the business into something, you know, bigger than it is now, do you want to actually grow your influence and network like crazy, start a podcast or start a YouTube channel, or again, start a blog you know, and use that as your vehicle to get this message and get your brand out there to the world, build a community and, you know, freaking go from there. You know, you said something a second ago, landing page, and we kind of talked about call to action and stuff like that on ads. And it just kind of got me a little off my, my question script here, but I'm, I'm just curious because I know where I stand on it. This may ruffle some feathers for those small business owners out there that, that are this way. But what do you, what are your thoughts on people starting a business and only using a Facebook page and calling it their website? Yeah, it's no good. You got to definitely have a website or else you're not going to get ranked on Google. And uh, especially if you're a small business, you need to get ranked on Google, especially in your local area, because that's where people are searching for you. So you have to learn the basics of search engine optimization for your website or hire someone who who does know that to build your website. But yeah, you got to have got to have that, you know. Um, now, if you're just getting started out and it's day one and you're strapped for cash and you don't have, you know, money to pay for a website guy. Cool. Build something on Squarespace, build something for free on WordPress, build something on one of these funnel building sites like Samcart or you know, any of these other platforms that are out there where you can build a basic funnel or build a basic landing page, but you got to have something because, um, especially if you're trying to get on Google, if you're a, you know, if you're a local small business, um, 
you got to get on um, on Google. You got to do the Google My Business where you can show up on Google Maps and all this stuff. And then they're going to let you have a link to your website right there. So that way, you know, people that are searching in your local market can search on Google for, again, like maybe martial arts schools in St. Louis. You show up there at the top. Your website will show up there on the, the right-hand side in the little square search area on Google. And you want to have the website right there where they can click and find out more information. So yeah, if you just got the Facebook page, um, here's one one little hack though that uh, that I learned from one of my uh, one of my mentors, Mike Stewart, a couple of years ago uh, in the martial arts community. What Mike does, um, he's got multiple different gyms. He's got multiple jujitsu schools in uh, in Maryland, and he makes a different social media page for each one. So he's got uh, like four or five different gyms. Each one of them has a social media page, and he also has a website. So if you Google and if you search for martial arts schools in Maryland, he shows up not just with one website, but actually with five or six because Facebook, web, the Facebook pages, the Instagram pages, uh, they all rank on Google too. So you want to definitely have those. And actually, like I'm saying, if you have multiple locations. You want to have a different Facebook page for each one because it'll, it'll all rank on Google together. So that way, instead of just having the one thing on Google, you've got, you know, 10 or you've got 10 different pages there on Google when someone pulls it up. So that way you just, you know, demolish the competition by taking over uh, the first page of Google. Like uh, I remember uh, this kind of sunk in for me when he showed me his, his ranking on Google for his local area. He took like a screenshot of it and um, literally the whole front page of Google was just him. His competitors were nowhere to be seen because every, he had so many different assets. You know, he had, one website and like 10 different social media pages. And if you looked up martial arts schools in Maryland, it would look like it was just him basically, even though there might be 10 other schools around. So that's huge. <laughs> so you definitely want to do both, yeah. but uh, yeah, you definitely want to not just have one Facebook page or one Instagram page. Like that's, you know, that's nothing. I see that a lot. And, uh, and, and I would agree that in the beginning, yeah, you can set it up free, easy, easy to manage. Facebook page, maybe an Instagram too. But at some point in time, if you're going to do any kind of ads, you need a website. You need to be able to put uh, landing pages on there. And websites are not that difficult. My website, thebattlebuddypodcast.net, is Squarespace. My real estate one is on Squarespace. It's easy. It's click, drag over. They have little pop-up buttons to explain things to you if you don't know it. But I can make tweaks in five minutes. You know, I mean, every single week I go on on there and I'm, I'm throwing the podcast videos on there every single Sunday, you know, or Wednesday when they drop, I'll put them on there. I'll put the links to everything. It's just easy. You set it up and it's there. You just got to go in and make, you know, five, 10 minute tweaks a couple times a week, add different stuff to it. So it's, it's easy. And, you know, there's always YouTube too. Um, you could YouTube, you could Google your questions. YouTube will walk you right through things. But that reminds me of another thing that you mentioned, like Google ranking. Like, I don't know the exact order, but I don't think Facebook is going to be ranking in the top 10 or maybe 15 or 20 search engines in the world like Google and YouTube are right there at one and two. Nothing is going to get you higher than, than being there on both of those platforms. Yep. That's yep, yep. And, you, uh, you know, People do search on Facebook, but their search algorithm sucks. So, uh, you know, you, you might show up, but really Google is the king. And uh, 
your Google, your Facebook page though will show up on Google. But again, like you want to have that website because the website's going to show up a lot better on Google, uh, if that makes sense. You know, going to rank a lot higher usually. Yeah, one of my thoughts on on Facebook is that the page is a good kind of a landing spot. You should have consistent information uh, being posted. You should have good content. You should have all your contact information, bio, all that. That stuff should be set. But really, you should be sharing that stuff on your personal page. And if you're going to make Facebook work for you, I think you need to have your personal connections referring you in other posts where somebody says, hey, I need a person that does X, Y, and Z. And they want people to think, hey, my friend John Doe over there does X, Y, and Z. And they start tagging your personal page in there. You know, and then you can carry on that conversation and be like, hey, if you'd like to know more about me, you know, here's my here's my Facebook page, here's my website, whatever. Or get a link tree or something along those lines. <laughs> Have all your links in it. You can be able to share it easy with people. But you know, that's that's some kind of my my two cents on the on the whole business things and things that I see out there. So I figured you'd have similar viewpoints. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of messaging, we wrap this up. But you have taken not only this podcasting thing, but just uh, sharing messages to a different level. And you mentioned CNN earlier. We kind of mentioned news, and we know a lot of the stuff that's on the news, um, regardless of what what side you lean. And I I don't try and get political on here, but. Everybody has their opinions on both sides. One thing that is missing is positive news. And so you have started something with some positive news. Can you, can you share that with us, what, uh, what you're doing there? Absolutely. So I started a new podcast a couple of weeks ago called Trinity Media News. And uh, we just launched and we hit number 85 in the USA for daily news, which was awesome. We also hit, I think, like 103 in Canada which was really encouraging. But the whole concept of the show is we're going around and sitting down with people and reporting on positive news stories from around the world. So anyone who's doing good and who's trying to make an impact and change their community, or maybe someone who's gone on a really wild journey and they've gone on a lot of self-development and we want to highlight them and kind of what they're doing. Like uh, one of our members in Alpha Podcasters, uh, TJ Bell, just had him on the show and to do a story about how he recovered from a lifetime of alcoholism and he went on to launch a top rated podcast and he's now using his podcast to grow his network and start his business and change his whole life and uh, really just wanted to highlight what he was doing because I know a lot of people who are struggling with addiction right now. So wanted to kind of showcase that story of like, hey, look, here's someone that just got over all of that. La you know, last year is when he quit the alcohol. Like, I think he's almost a year sober and uh you know, just want to say like, hey, look at what this guy's doing. He's starting a business. He's got a top rated podcast. He's using it to grow his network, like doing good stuff, like literally anything that is positive, because what you find when you start to do this, when you start to look into stuff like this, um, you know, another story just real quick is uh, Gary Roberts, who is uh, opening up treatment centers in South America to help people uh, who, who need access to psychedelic medicines to heal from PTSD. So there's all sorts of studies going out right now from Johns Hopkins talking about the effect of psilocybin or MDMA to reverse the effects of PTSD. So, you know, we did a story about Gary and what he's doing in South America to open up therapy centers where people can go down there and uh, they can even get a sponsorship, you know, if they don't have the money to go and they can get get that healing and get therapy to kind of help them integrate. So basically anything. And again, what you do when we started going down this rabbit hole 
is uh, there's so much more good news that's happening than bad news. There's actually, um, from where I'm sitting, astronomically more good news happening than bad news. And um, the mainstream media has a vested financial interest in getting you hooked on fear. Like I call them like the fear report, basically. So what they do is they find whatever's the worst thing happening in the world today, and we're going to shine a uh, spotlight on that. So did someone get shot in Baltimore? Did two people get shot in a drive-by shooting? That's going to be breaking news. Um, meanwhile, there might be someone uh, down the road or a couple blocks away who, again, just quit alcoholism and now they're launching a business, you know, and, and they're changing their life around and they're impacting people. Like, really sucks that those two people got shot. Like, that really fucking stinks. But, you know, we can also talk about the 10 other great things that happened in that same area, you know, are these other people that are doing really good things. And um, I think if we just shift that viewpoint, um, you know, I think it'll, it'll change everything. So that's really what we're trying to do is change the narrative and make it more about like shining a light on good stuff and highlighting people doing good things and um, going from there, you know, and because uh, honestly, the way we see it, man, is the danger report over at mainstream media, like they got the bad news covered. So we don't really need to report on the bad news. Like, People already getting that, you know, <laughs> hand over fist. So we're trying to just focus on the, the positive stuff and kind of go from there. And there's more than enough people out there that are doing some good, positive things. And, you know, I would say largely a lot of them, it just goes unnoticed. It's just people doing good things out of the kindness of their heart or overcoming things. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's good to see somebody have a little light shine on them for, for doing the right thing or, you know, succeeding. So... That's awesome stuff. That was uh, that was uh, TrinityMediaNetwork.org. Is that your website for that? Yep. TrinityMediaNetwork.org is the website, and the podcast is called Trinity Media News. So you can look it up on Apple or Spotify. And, uh, yeah, again, AlphaPodcasters.com is the community where you can join for free and, and learn about how to start your podcast and network with other podcast creators. And, you know, if you got a question, just – post it in there and uh we'll help you out that's a cool platform after we talked i think about a week ago uh i went in there and signed up and i was just talking to a guy who was telling you this before we started recording that i was talking to a guy he, he put something in there with the things he talks about and i thought hey this could be a great guest for my show you know we've been collaborating back and forth and uh you know in just a week i found a lot of value in that already and quite honestly i probably only spent 20 25 minutes in there <laughs> so you know, basically setting up my profile and then engaging in one or two conversations and uh, connecting with some people. So if you're in that podcasting space, I highly recommend that you go check that out and see if it can, you know, be a value to you. And um, once, once again, Paul, I appreciate you coming on here and being a battle buddy and sharing your story and your message. And uh, hopefully that inspires or educates somebody um, to, you know, maybe pick up a microphone and uh, and hit record and and start sharing their story or whatever, whatever it is in their heart or their brain that they want to, they, what they want to talk about. So um, there's, there's a lot of power to it. And you kind of mentioned earlier, like networking, it's, it's incredible. Uh, if anybody's thinking about being a podcaster, um, definitely reach out to Paul, get an alpha podcasters, you know, get his expertise on it. But, you know, if you ever want to have a conversation with me, you know, about my thoughts or opinions or little tips and tricks that kind of helped, I'd be more than happy to kind of share my, my two cents. I'll be honest. I don't have it all figured out yet, but uh, you know, it's a, it's a learning process as we go through it. So I just say, do it. You know, that's, uh, that's the best thing to do is just start. So any, any last words, Paul? 
Uh, yeah, just I want to highlight more what you said, like just start, you know, whatever it is. And uh, what we found, man, working with hundreds of podcasters and content creators, the number one thing that holds people back is a limiting belief of putting themselves out there. People don't are, are scared that other people aren't going to like them or that they're going to sound stupid or no one's going to listen or they're not going to be able to get any guests or find other people or they're not going to know what to do. And it's all just different forms of thinking that you're not good enough for whatever it is you're trying to do. So you just got to know like you are good enough. You can do it. Uh, put, especially if you're listening to this and you're in the military, like anything that we did in the military is way harder and more mentally challenging than uh, starting a podcast. Um, at the end of the day, you know, public speaking is everyone, one of everyone's secret worst fears is, you know, getting up in crowd of, uh, in front of a crowd and speaking. And if you're doing a YouTube channel or a podcast, like that's the same fear that you're tapping into the fear of kind of getting up in front of people and sharing yourself. Um, so uh, yeah, don't let it stop you, you know, just know that everyone goes through it. And, uh, at the end of the day, you do have a lot to put out there. You do have a message to share and there are a lot of people who could be helped and, uh, and go from there, you know? And again, like if you just fucking can't stand write it or, uh, uh, recording yourself or you just can't stand being in front of a video cool do a blog there's lots of blogs out there that get millions and millions of 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 readers every day that make millions of dollars for their owners you know so don't let it stop you don't make excuses you know if you can't stand being on a mic or video cool like start a blog you know <laughs> there's no excuses out there anymore and uh try, and uh you just got to do it <laughs> Try this one on for size because I, I don't even remember where I heard this, but it stuck with me through the whole process because I had a little bit of a fear of that. But at the end of the day, it's like, okay, this has just been me and you having a conversation, right? So has the other 30 something, almost 40 something uh, podcast episodes, but something somewhere made so much sense. And I'm not saying who it is because I don't think like that, but your worst episode you've ever produced is out there. And if you think about that and you and you have a growth mindset of learn from every other episode that you've done and push to be just a little bit better, try, try new things, experiment. But if you keep that in the back of your mind of like, you know what, the worst episode I've ever done is out there. Now, who knows what that is or who knows who it's with or why it's the worst. Maybe you just had a bad hair day uh, or maybe, maybe you just look like a mess on camera. Who knows? Or maybe you you know, we're stuttering all over the place. I don't know. You know, if, if you kind of keep that in the back of your mind, then you're like, what's, what's the harm? I mean, just, just get it recorded, do it, have the conversation. And, you know, I don't know, to me, it kind of keeps you on the right path. Just realizing that, you know, just, just to slowly get better over time. Yeah, that's it, man. 1% better every day. Absolutely. It's the only way to go. So anyway, Paul, I appreciate you being here. I'm going to, I'll say once again, before we leave, connect with Paul, his, uh, his links and everything will be in the show notes and it'll be on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Go my, like my Facebook page. Um, my website is on the ending screen and I'll show here in just a second. It's battlebuddypodcast.net. All of those links, once again, will be in the show notes. But most importantly, if you are having a hard time, the uh, the suicide prevention number will be on the screen here. It'll be posted in the show notes as well. Uh, it's also on the website. There's lots of places you can find it. So if you are having those kind of thoughts, please reach out and get some help because we want you. We want the 
we want our battle buddies here tomorrow. So uh, go ahead and play this ending screen here. <laughs> 